Hello, and welcome to the Belmont Journal, your source for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. Starting October 1st, the Department of Public Works tells us that the trash carts that are overfilled will no longer be picked up. So if you can't close the lid on your trash cart, you will have to use an official overflow bag uh, for any excess trash. Now you can purchase these at Star Market, Hillside True Value, and the DPW office at 19 Moore Street. The cost is $15 for a sleeve which contains five 32-gallon bags. So waste management tell us, tells us that they'll sticker any trash cart or trash bin that's, that's overloaded and uh, they will not pick it up. Two weeks ago, there was considerable chaos in Lawrence, Andover, and North Andover, with no less than 80 fires burning from gas pipeline problems. Belmont Fire Chief Dave Frizzell was there as the state coordinator for the Massachusetts Fire Mobilization Committee. We met with him last Saturday at Cushing Square during the fall festival, and he shared some of his thoughts about the experience. It was something that you don't see normally. Uh, power is off. People were ordered to evacuate from their houses. Uh, then there became a whole host of health issues. Electricity being off for multiple days meant that food in refrigerators and things had gone bad. What do you deal with that? And the other issues with potential rodents or pests that come along with that. So it's it meant extra trash pickups and things like that for, uh, for Lawrence, North Andover and Andover. Uh, but it was an amazing outpouring of support. And that started Thursday afternoon, continued Friday, continued Saturday, continued Sunday, and ended the, the, the bulk of the fire support uh, was not needed after Monday morning. So it was a long duration event, uh, coordinating the resources coming in. They came from as far west as uh, west, western Worcester County, down south, uh, Walpole, communities down there as well as the almost all of the communities within Metro Boston sent help over the four days so it was a it was a large event this is probably the largest activation that I've seen in 30 years moving apparatus and firefighters uh, to a incident in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts and and, and the plan worked September 25th Belmont went to the polls to decide whether to limit marijuana establishments in town. We have Emma Thurston here to talk with us about the vote and what the results were and what that means for Belmont. Welcome Hi. to the show, Emma. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What were the results and what does this mean? So what we were voting on was whether or not to place restrictions on adult use marijuana establishments. R right. Uh, licenses mm -hmm. issued by the state. So the results were yes, we voted mm -hmm. in favor of placing those restrictions, which means we will only be able to license two retail facilities and not license cultivation, production, and testing labs. How about the, the turnout for the election and how controversial or not um, you think you think this vote was? Mm -hmm. um, uh, well, for turnout, you know, we had 18.22% total turnout, which is about on par with what Belmont has for mm -hmm. local elections. Uh, what I, as I've been following this since the 2016 vote in other towns in Massachusetts that did vote yes and okay. then tried to, to ban facilities, mm -hmm. uh, the turnout was much, much lower. We were talking, you know, there were some towns that banned with a 9% turnout, 13% turnout, very, very low turnout. Um, so I was very focused on making sure that 
that that wasn't the case here. I tried to get out word about the vote as much as I could. Okay. In, in terms of what other towns have done, how, how comparable would you say that, that um, Belmont is in terms of where we come out in terms of placing limits or... or um, um, I think we're fairly fairly middle of the road. I mean, there's there's been very few towns that have had a, no, something besides an all-or-nothing vote. Okay. And that was the purpose of my amendments, because I was hearing from so many people that they didn't want all-or-nothing, but they did want to place some restrictions. So mm -hmm. that's why I put these amendments up. Uh, most of the towns that are that are overturning the you know two, 2016 vote, so to speak, with with bans, are doing so with such a low turnout for a special election. Nine mm -hmm. percent of voters are saying, "Well, never mind, we don't want this." Um, so for us, I think that the 18 percent is is fairly. So, so in that respect, we, we had perhaps a, a high turnout compared to some towns. Yeah. And so, so I guess one more quest, question is, um, how soon do you think Belmont could see um, applications for um, a retail establishment here in town? Uh, to see applications, it's going to be a while. Okay. Because number one, we have a moratorium in place until December 31st of right. this year. Um, number two, you know, it's a really lengthy process to get licensed. So whatever facility would want to open up here, they have to meet with the town about the host community agreement. They have to hold public meetings. These things take a very long time. Okay. And um, I know aside from all of the background checks and the finance checks and everything that the state does, I would, I would guess maybe within six months if we're all lucky. Right. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Emma. Thank you. Belmont's food pantry has been operating in borrowed space for years, moving from one location to another. Now the Board of Selectmen and Town Administrator Patrice Garvin have found a new home for the food pantry at Town Hall. Patty Mihelich, the food pantry founder and director, and Patrice Garvin talk with us about the new location. Hi, my name is Patty Mahalich. I am the Belmont Food Pantry Director and Founder. I started the Food Pantry on December 5th, 1992, and we've been, been in multiple uh, spaces over the last 20, almost 26 years. So um, we are really grateful to the fact that now that we can move to the town hall. Patty came to the Board of Selectmen a couple of months after um, I had started. Um, the board had charged me with finding a new location for the food pantry. My past history with working in food pantries, I know what an uh, important social program it is for any town. So I made it um, critical mission number one to, to try and find a, a, a home for the food pantry. This room that we're sitting in right now, this is the IT training room. It's in town hall, it's in the basement or the first ground floor. And I noticed that that it, there wasn't really a lot of traffic going in and out. It, it gets used when their trainings need to be um, held. From that point, um, I reached out to Patty and I had expressed to her that I, I believed I had a location for the food pantry and their members and the representatives seemed to like this space. It's a public accessible building, it's handicapped accessible, it has access in and out, it's uh, in the center of town, it has public transportation. It just seemed um, to be a perfect location for that type of social program. This space could technically be the same size as the other space. We've got, you know, we've got uh, actually here a separate de dedicated room for storage. Here in this room, what we'll do this time is that we're not going to just bring what we have and put it in here because it won't make utilize best utilize the space. Fortunately, unbeknownst to me, one of my uh, 
longtime volunteers as an architect, and she's going to come in and take measurements and do drawings and make a decision on what best fits um, this room and best utilizes the space. There will be um, a call-out for volunteers when it comes to moving. The month of December is the Gifts of Hope program, and we'll be calling for donations to help us to uh, build this room out. To you know, because now um, we need some extra funds to um, get this space ready. Um, we're scheduled to have the food pantry move in February 1st of 2019, and uh, I know I'm looking forward to it being here. I'm looking forward to trying to get employees involved in the food pantry. Um, I think people need to understand that there is a lot of need in the community and the food pantry addresses that need, so I'm very excited. Welcome to This Week in the Citizen Herald and welcome back Joanna Jubilis, Senior Multimedia Journalist with Wicked Local Belmont and the Belmont Citizen Herald, Belmont's daily online and weekly print news source. Thank you, Michael. So happy to be here. So glad to have you back, Joanna. I have to open up with a little bit of bad news, unfortunately. Okay. Um, there was a fire in Belmont Center, which affected several businesses on the corner of Leonard Street and Alexander Avenue on Monday, September 24th. Right, I heard about that. Yes. How serious was that? Well, luckily, it could have been more serious, but luckily they're located right across from the fire department. And luckily, most of these businesses were closed. And Dr. Vachi Saradarian, who owns mm -hmm. Saradarian Dental Group, he noticed smoke coming out of the electrical outlets in his office and called 911 uh, right away, or someone in his office okay. called 911 right away. And they came, and it took about 45 minutes to put it out. And what they discovered was there was a fire in the wall in Vanti Nails and Spa Salon, okay. which is 86 Leonard Street. And Chief Fire Chief David Frizzell said it's most likely from an overloaded power strip. Okay, so a number of businesses are shut down and, and probably I, will be for yeah, some time. Yeah, I have to say Body Trio and uh, Mr. Demagistris, Leon Demagistris, who owns Leon and Company and owns that whole building, they probably have um, the worst damage from broken walls and right. water, and they're going to be displaced for at least right. two months or more. So sad. Let's, let's move on and talk about the debt exclusion. Yes, another, another serious topic, um, Floyd, Floyd Carmen, our town treasurer, he released his financing plan uh, if the debt exclusion passes, and he shared it with the Citizen Herald, and I did do a big front page okay. story on it, just so that Belmont residents could understand how this debt exclusion is going to um, affect their pocketbooks. Okay. And basically what he said. For a, the average single family home in Belmont is assessed for about a million three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars. So if the debt exclusion passes the first year, 2019, he'll borrow $85 million and that's going to raise the person with that average assessment, it will raise their real estate taxes about $674 for that year. Okay. Then the following year, he said he's going to borrow another $85 million and that'll bring the real estate taxes up for that average assessment mm -hmm. to about $1,400. Then in 2024, he said he's going to borrow $45 million plus or minus because the debt exclusions for $295,000, they're expecting an $80 million reimbursement from the Massachusetts School Building Authority, mm -hmm. but that is for eligible costs. So this is reimbursement, right. and he doesn't know like how much of that is actually going to come through. Or so what, it's, the, what the timing is. Right. So the, the big part of this news is that from 2024 to 2048, the single-family home 
assessed at a million three thousand seven hundred fifty will be paying an additional eighteen hundred dollars in real estate taxes until twenty forty eight okay um, every time we talk about the school I, I do have to point out that that I am on the yes campaign thank you, thank you and, for doing and that. that we try to treat all issues involving yeah. the, the the campaigns and right. the school with fairness right. and balance so this is important news for people to understand mm -hmm. and he also was was very um, he believes that in twenty twenty one there is no doubt going to be a need for an operating override, but right. we don't know that for sure. Well, he, that's what right. he believes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian, and welcome back, Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. Nice to be here. How are you doing today? Just fine, thank you. Okay. So we're talking about... the. Uh, we're talking about yes and no. Okay, and this is referring to the uh, uh, campaigns for uh, uh, the approval or uh, not approval of uh, the debt exclusion for the new uh, Belmont High School, okay. which will be two hundred thirteen million dollars in debt, and that will happen on the it will happen on the ballot of uh, November sixth. Okay, and I just have to disclose that I am a part of or involved in the Yes campaign, although we keep things fair and balanced here. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> of course. So, um, so let's talk about the campaigns then. Uh, well, the Yes campaign is very well organized, mm -hmm. and, you, and it's almost—they're taking uh, almost everything you can think of from the very successful uh, override from uh, uh, 2015, uh, in which uh, the school, uh, which uh, the town approved a uh, a four million dollar override for um, uh, schools and uh, a little bit of roadway. You have the the two uh, chairmen. Uh -huh. Of the uh, of that override also uh, being part of the yes, and that's Sarah Machucci, Machucci, and uh, Ellen Shriver. Mm -hmm. uh, they even have the same color scheme as the posters for uh, uh, the override. It's that uh, really cute, really like sherbet orange <laughs> <laughs> and white, uh, and it's a very well organized. Uh, it's not just going to be um, uh, mailings and things like that. They're going to be knocking on doors. They're mm -hmm. going to be at every event you can think of. And that's how they approved. And that's how the override, which a lot of people did not want, uh, uh, got approved. And they're going to be going not only to um, uh, parents of uh, 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 residents who have children in the school, which is about 30% of, of the population, but hitting everybody. And basically saying, look, you're going to pay... $213 million over five years, uh, over 30 years, or you're going to pay, pay $258 uh, million over 10 years, because that's what you'll have to do to make the schools, uh, 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 really get, get the, to, to make the schools um, uh, adaptable for the large enrollment that we're having. So, so I think you were referring to um, the superintendent's uh, um, alternative, um, I think he called it a challenge plan mm -hmm. if the voters didn't approve um, um, the, the debt exclusion for the new school. And what, what, what do we face? And, and, you know, and, and I think that that's a very smart uh, thing that, uh, the, that the Yes campaign is showing. They're not just showing that we need a school. I mean, everybody can say that. They're saying it's an either or. You either pay up now or you pay much more over a 10-year period of time. Okay. So it's a very smart way of, of approach. Okay, so how about how about the no campaign? Well, there's this funny little no campaign, uh, very specific. It's not based on finances. It's based on what they call traffic, uh, traffic safety. Uh, these are pe people who have been coming to the um, 
uh, high school building um, uh, building committee, mm -hmm. and uh, basically saying, look, the way the the school is now uh, will is laid out. Golden Street is going to take the massive brunt of morning and afternoon uh, uh, traffic. And, and the concern the concern is is that you know you're going to have more kids in a concentrated area and therefore more traffic. That's right. And 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 it's this group of people. It's it was two pe uh, people, uh, uh, Deb Talani and, and Amy uh, Tannenbaum, uh -huh. who started this group. And it was more of a pressure group. It was more saying we're going to vote no, even though we support the schools. We, we're going to we're going to go against this, and and basically what what's happened is that uh, over the last couple of days, uh, Ann Polson, uh, former selectman, former representative, uh, she who also lives on School Street okay. near Godin, she is um, uh, compromised, made a compromise, and and so what we learned today is that Amy Tannenbaum has uh, has quit as treasurer of this oh, that, group. That's interesting. All right, well, thanks so much, Franklin, and we'll talk with you again. Yes. Every Saturday, Julie Wu is going to the soccer fields at Town Field and Winbrook Field to talk to people about composting. We were there. It's a beautiful morning for soccer <laughs> and for composting. I figured, you know, with the with social media and the awareness that we've created in town already about composting, we could try putting a couple of bins out there, sending out the world the the word on social media and. Uh, and trusting the parents to take the initiative okay. and Hopefully and um, watch the bins and make sure the compost got in there. Morning. I'm gonna put a compost bin out here for the oh, oranges. Awesome. Okay, yeah, can you guys? Yes, I'm Julie. Okay, great. And Heather, I'm on Belmont Compost. Oh, awesome. <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice I'm to meet so you. Oh, this. that's great. Every week, each team assigns two families to bring 10 oranges cut into quarters. So there's 20 oranges a week for each team for the kids to eat at halftime. So all of the peels and everything from the oranges are going in the compost bin rather than into the landfill. Julie's worked so tirelessly for composting in our community, and it's really wonderful that she's out here on the weekends sort of solving the problem of not having trash cans out here, but also making Belmont more sustainable and finding a really good solution for all of the compostable yeah, materials that, that are out have, here every uh, week. compost bins out here for the oranges and stuff, so. Okay. If you, uh, if your team, if you could just spread the word that the orange peels can go in there, that would okay. be awesome. Orange okay. peels in the compost bin. Orange peels in the compost bin, yes. Okay. Awesome. It's a really promising initiative. I'd uh, like to learn more about the details. Um, my feeling is, as a uh, citizen of Belmont, would be, you know, what it would involve for the family, the commitment in terms of the, the money, obviously, and, and the time. Uh, but anything we can do to keep things out of uh, landfills uh, improves the environment and it's good for the town, too. Last week, people did really, really well. We collected uh, 26 gallons of orange peels and it was pretty clean, actually. There was no um, trash or dog poop or anything in there. So people did a great job. Um, I was really impressed and um, it's really a community effort and I'm appreciative that the parents are, are enthusiastic about it as well. And now it's time for our community calendar with all of the interesting things happening in Belmont this week. Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Belmont Books brings a week of author visits. On Tuesday, meet Heather Abel, author of The Optimistic Decade, and Jessica Keener of Strangers in Budapest from 7 to 9. And from 7 to 10, Roberta Gately will be discussing her memoir, Footprints in the Dust. 
On Wednesday, poets Jenna Rose Nethercott and Mary Kowalewski Burns will be visiting, and on Thursday, meet Mitali Perkins in a discussion of her young adult novel, Bring the Distant Near. Learn more about these author talks on belmontbooks.com. One Book, One Belmont for 2018 is Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. The month-long celebration kicks off next week on Thursday with a free screening of Young Frankenstein at Studio Cinema. This cult classic will be playing at 6.30pm with a special guest, Frankenstein's Monster. You can read up on all of One Book, One Belmont's events on the library's website. Get scientific at Mad Science's two-hour open house for their new Mad Lab. Learn about science enrichment classes, watch scientists perform experiments, and check out interactive exhibits. The Mad Lab is suitable for kids ages 5 through 12. Learn more at madscience.org. Teens can attend a two-night overnight trip to the White Mountains with Habitat Education Center and Wildlife Sanctuary from Saturday to Monday. Sleep in huts, practice group leadership skills, and explore alpine ecology among the picturesque mountains. Register by mail or phone. Learn more on Mass Audubon's website. Hike Stonehurst to Habitat on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 12.30 with Roger Rubble, Director of Habitat. The Western Greenway includes over 1,200 acres of connected green space running through Lexington, Waltham, and Belmont. Enjoy a six-and-a-half-mile hike from the Robert Treat Payne Estate in Waltham to Habitat and enjoy the fall sites. Bring water and a snack or lunch. Register on Mass Audubon's website. Belmont Serves will be held at the Unitarian Church on Monday, October 8th. Volunteer in this town-wide annual event during various service projects throughout Belmont. The event starts with breakfast at 8.30 and ends with pizza and ice cream at noon. Visit belmontserves.org to sign up. And that's it for this week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can email your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org. Al Natale, a retired professional trumpet player and the conductor of his own classic swing orchestra, recently played his final concert at the Beach Street Center, celebrating his 95th birthday as well as his retirement. Our own Jeff Hansel talked with him before his last concert. Hi, I'm Al Natale. I'm uh, getting prepared to do my last concert at my age of 95. Uh, I've done many, many concerts, which I enjoy very much. But uh, at my age, things have, you know, things change in life. I started uh, with the bugle uh, when I was 12 or 13 years old, and then I switched over to the trumpet, and I've been playing music for approximately 83 years. And it's been a good life. That's the way they dressed in those days. Yep, that's it. She looks great. Well, yes, I have to uh, get my library uh, together. It takes time to organize a program, and I try to play <clears throat> most all of the songs that were very popular uh, during the big band orchestra era. The best experience I've had in all my 
uh, history of being in music. As many years ago, uh, I worked with the Bob Chester Band at the Atlantic Steel Pier. But I was very fortunate that they had Harry James. So here I am watching Harry James almost 20 feet away from him every night and uh, at times having a chance to talk with him. That was the highlight of my entire career, the greatest experience of my life. See you next time. Be careful. Okay. All right? Yep. Last Saturday was Cushing Square's annual fall festival. Joanna Jubilus was there and has some video. We worked really hard on this huge community event, and that, that's what it's all about. It's bringing community together. We have probably half a dozen nonprofit tables here that are raising money for various causes and lots of free things. We're doing raffles that are actually gonna be giveaways for people. There's just a lot of fun stuff. This is what it's about. I mean, the town of Belmont needs more events like this and we're hoping to do more of them. That's all for now. I hope to see you next time.